podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening and welcome to the Rangers Rabble. Tonight we're joined by Scott Cameron, Wolf Marshall, Scott Kennedy. How's it going, guys? Very good, mate. Mashing. Right, tonight's podcast will be live on Acast, Spotify and all these other great places to download, so I hope you enjoy listening to us for the next however long it'll be, hopefully no longer than 45 minutes. Okay, starting off, obviously, unfortunately, we, the club having to release a very short statement last night about a potential breach of COVID regulations with some of our players. Obviously, don't want to say too much because we don't know exactly what happened, but is it just disappointing that after it happened once and it's happening again, potentially, Scott Cameron? Aye, it's, uh, as I say, the, the, the rumour had uh, appeared early doors yesterday, but as the day had went on, I had thought it, it had just been one of those stories that had been put out by uh, the other side of the city. Um, it's, it's just disappointing, you know I mean? it's the, the players' discipline all through this has been really, really good and they've it's obviously it's, it's a challenge it's a challenge for everybody but I just think to get within touch and distance a league title you know the, the manager must be uh, battling his head you know he doesn't want any off off the field distractions and I just think it's uh, it's something that we could be could have been doing without Scott Kennedy what about yourself? Yeah disappointing it just feels uh, completely unnecessary doesn't it? It just, uh, you know, repeating what everyone else is saying, everyone's going through the same kind of stuff. Um, and it's actually quite, it's even more so disappointing because these are these are kids and uh, guys, allegedly, I think we should add, allegedly, uh, that spend every day with each other anyway. So to not have the restraint to do something over Zoom in the evening Again, it's like we don't know the exact information as yet. I'm sure that will come out in due course. But it's disappointing to have the rumours. It's it's there's obviously some substance to that because otherwise Rangers wouldn't have put out a very short, snappy uh, statement. And quite quite frankly, it's the last thing that we that we need. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just kind of looking at it from a different angle. Obviously, it looks like this happened after the game at the weekend. Is it disappointing that, you know, after we get that win, which was a big one at the end of the day for us, something that we obviously badly needed, is it, you know, kind of one of those things that we didn't need any bad news on the back of that, and that's what's obviously come out in the last 24 hours? Yeah, I mean, as, as Cammy says, it's, it's the last thing we really need. You know, it's... We're, we're, as a, as, a, as a football club, we're in, a good, we're in quite a good place just now. We're, we're, we're four, four games away from back, going back to where we belong. And then this rumour starts, and I was the same as Cammy. I saw the rumour yesterday morning and thought no more of it because it just seemed to die away. And my thinking with things like that is if there's any truth in it, somebody from a media outlet will grab it by lunchtime and it'll be all over the place and there was nothing. And then all of a sudden it started kind of... Kind of grown arms and legs as, as the afternoon drew into the evening, then Rangers put their statement out. Um, and the fact that Rangers have put out a statement tells me there must be something in it. 
but I don't really want to comment any more than that because I've got no reason to disbelieve what, what I've been told. But I don't know if it's true in the club. The club will hopefully come out in the next few hours and tell us whether it is because if the rumours are to be believed, then we'll have to make a statement, I reckon, within the next few hours as you're listening to this on Tuesday morning because it could in, uh, inflict on the travelling party going to Antwerp. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the things I was just about to kind of comment on. Next, obviously, if the worst comes to the worst, then players need to isolate. Then it obviously affects, you know, the group that heads over to Belgium and the team that will probably play in the return leg as well as the league game as well. Is it frustrating that when we've been doing so well and things have been going so well, kind of on and off the pitch to an extent, that this kind of news about players kind of doing something like this just affects the squad as a whole and obviously affects the manager's options when it comes to the weekend, Cammy. I mean, I, I, th- I think most of the, the names that have been mentioned, you know, I think they are your, your cover for your, for your fullbacks, for example. You know, I mean, if anything was to happen in, on Thursday night to, to either of them, you're, you know, you're, you're up against it at the weekend sort of thing, you know, and I think those players would get opportunities between now and the end of the season. So I think it's, uh, if it's all confirmed as appears likely, you're not going to see any of the younger players for the rest of the season now. Yeah, well, I think that's just an attachment, isn't it? I mean, obviously we're obviously talking about isolating, but that doesn't include potentially the SFA getting involved and, and banning players for quite a substantial period of time, which just puts more pressure on the players that we've already got in those positions. Just kind of moving away from it slightly, Scott, you know, the manager's obviously been quite kind of strict, you know, this year in terms of discipline and a lot of things that's been happening. Is this just the sort of thing that makes things more difficult for the rest of the players because this has happened? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it shines an unnecessary spotlight onto the players. And I think when you look back towards the middle part of last season, Christmas, we had a lot of a uh, lot of spotlight on us, and I think that actually showed in the performances. Um, eventually, just like dragging us down. Um, <clears throat> I think I think we've actually got to draw a bit of perspective into you know what's happened because we still don't know the facts. We still yeah. don't really know what has happened to the extent of what has happened or who it's involved. There's a lot of um, rumours and. We can talk allegedly this and allegedly that, um, but for intents and purposes, the let, let, let's just say the rumours are true, as what we know. There's already a precedent set how to deal with it. I think again, go rumours. If 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 it has transpired that what has happened has happened, the Rangers have dealt with it correctly, best they can. They've minimised exposure. They've, they've done all the protocols. Um, you know, without trying to right a wrong, uh, again, the bubbles of the players that are involved, there's no mixing external people within those bubbles. So again, that's a mitigating factor. I think it's just really, really disappointing that it's just really, again, as, as you touched on, really just brought a spotlight onto the team unnecessarily, particularly when there's so much other noise going on. We're coming up to a crucial part of the season because A, we can wrap up the league. B, we're approaching Europe. And C, for the players involved, 
you know, they've just shot themselves in the foot. Now, I don't think anyone anyone's going to be showing the door on the back of this, but, you know, they've, they've scuppered the chance of, A, picking up a winner's medal, potentially, at the end of the season, and getting valuable minutes. I mean, absolute lunacy. I mean, again, I'm saying this, and I'm, I'm trying to, like, hold back yeah. uh, quite a lot, because there's no substantial... We don't have the evidence. We don't have anything concrete telling us what has happened has actually happened, but we've got a fair idea. Yeah. So that's where we can go, go on, really, but yeah. No, I think that's fair. I think that's, you know, pretty accurate. I mean, at the moment, it is just rumour in terms of what's happened or what they did or who did it. And I think at the moment, we've just got to try and be fair that until we know exactly what's happened and until the club obviously release a fuller statement or evidence or whatever's happened at the incident that we try and be as fair as possible to the players. You know, I don't think it needs that, you know, players are sent abuse or, or like nonsense is sent to people's WhatsApps or whatever, because clearly these things do happen, unfortunately, in the world that we live in. Um, you know, obviously, I think like everybody else, we're a bit frustrated because we felt as though that last time with Jordan and George that it was a one-off, that it wasn't going to happen again, but it looks as though it possibly has. And I can totally understand, you know, the manager's potential anger towards the players in question. And I think what it will mean now for the rest of the season is there's just no leeway for any of the players. You know, I mean, once is is disappointing, twice is beyond what's acceptable at a football club like ours. Because you know, we've always had really strong traditions and beliefs into how things should be done, and these kind of things happening clearly don't help us at all. Right, moving on, um, we're going to have a wee look back at the game at the weekend. Obviously, we did a a live reaction, which is kind of straight after the event. Looking back now, Wolf, did the 1-0 scoreline probably not really kind of work for us and that we were probably more comfortable than what the 1-0 scoreline actually suggested? Yeah, we were certainly, we were certainly a lot more comfortable when we 1-0 flat as Kilmarnock uh, greatly. Um, I mean, at the time, you know, it's, the usual, it's the usual 1-0 game. You're, you're sitting every time you lose possession, thinking about it. You know, is this going to be when they, when they when they pull a goal back, which is ridiculous because we've only let in one goal at Ibrox in the league this season. But I mean, looking back on it, as soon as the final whistle's gone and the points are in the bag, it was probably the most comfortable one that we'll ever see. Because I mean, Greens had nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do. I mean, you could have been out there in a, in a deck, you have a slippers on. Um, and I mean, Kilmarnock were woeful. The biggest concern for me is we were so wasteful up front because their goalkeeper didn't really have a lot to do. You know, he wasn't pulling off wonderful saves and all we, all we got was, was Ryan Jack's goal. We, just, we, just, we were very, very wasteful, but it was, as I say, it was probably the most comfortable one nothing I've ever seen. Cammy, just kind of moving on to a slightly different point, do you think at the moment for all we're winning games one nothing, in the main, is that a worry that maybe we're not scoring more goals or is it just more important that we're winning games, Cammy? I think the three points is at the end of the day, that's what league titles are, are are won by, you know, grinding out three points when you're not your best. But I must admit, I think the last three, four, five weeks, Scotty Arfield for the middle of the park's been a a, a huge miss for th- those late runs into the box. Morelos self-inflicted, Kemar Roof coming back for injury. I mean, for me, that's three players that help you greatly in an offensive way. You know, the you know, so I, I think the quicker we can get the three back in the in the starting eleven, 
the better over the next uh, the next couple of weeks. Scott, coming to you next. Looking at the team, and obviously at this time of the season, we're looking for experienced heads to get us over the line. How important are players like Stephen Davis, Alan McGregor, Jermaine Defoe, Scott Arfield, just to name but four? Are these guys that important to make sure that the heads sort of remain focused and that we get the job done in the next four weeks, hopefully? You'd like to think so, but considering what's come out in the press, it's obviously not working. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, vitally important, particularly on the pitch. I think it's just game management, isn't it? And that's that's shown in the last last few results. It's been 1-0. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, we, we've just coasted near enough all the way through the season yeah. and it's been absolutely fantastic uh of as the season has gone on and as we've got closer to winning the league obviously we're not there yet um i've got more and more relaxed i'm not sure how this is working but you know he's sitting there watching the kilmarnock game and the only frustration is that we're not scoring more particularly because you know on those Rangers picks, I'm putting we're scoring both halves. We're only scoring one bloody goal a game. So if the players can like butt their ideas up and get a couple of goals and just make it a little bit uh, easier on the eye to watch, then, then great. I mean, yes, Stephen Davis, Alan McGregor, I've been there, done that. I, for someone of Jermaine Defoe's calibre, not to win a league title throughout his career is absolutely scandalous. Uh, Connor Goldson, you know, he's picking up experience. He shouldn't be missed out in terms of experienced heads and, and, and leaders. Um, you know, Scotty Arfield, it's, it's absolutely brimming right through the squad. And you can see that because if we had this uh, dynamic and, and these some of these players were a few years younger, I don't think we'd be in the position we're in. We're only in the position we're in because this squad has grown together, matured together, and they're all leaders within that dressing room. Um, particularly in the first team squad, so yeah, it's fantastic. So we're we're getting to a place now where the expectations have risen. The minimum bar has risen. Uh, we, we're getting into Europe now. Thursday's very very exciting. Um, by make no mistake, it's going to be a tough game, and we're going to need those leaders. We're going to need those experienced heads because I think we've learned. Even in the years of Dick Advocate, where you know, you remember the Stone Grats, we beat Stone Grats 5 0 and then we lost 2 0 away, so it's easily done. And we need those experienced heads to get us through a tough, which will be a very tough away leg. So, yeah, vitally important. Yeah, I mean, I'm unfortunate in that I work a lot of the time on a Saturday and a Sunday, so I'm kind of sitting there with my phone with the Bet365 notification on. and <laughs> It's great. Well, like, other other you know, gambling sites are available for oh, other gambling sites are available. I've heard the ones that seem to send notifications through it. Also, a wee roar goes off in your pocket. Yeah, do, like, do you see like, the dangerous attacks? Oh, <laughs> oh like, like lift the phone up and you're sitting going, Oh, who's scored? And also, we've scored. But then you're sitting for like the next whatever it is, 50 minutes, just thinking, Would somebody please score a second goal so that I can calm down? Because like every minute that passes seems to take an eternity. And I'm, like, I'm constantly going like that, looking at my watch or I'm looking at the clock and you're thinking, going, this is taking too long. And I'm glad I've already got grey hair, to be honest, because these last couple of weeks, at times, it's just felt like it's been a drag for 90 minutes. Not that when you watch back the game, so when I've watched the highlights back, 
I've seen at times mainly how well we've been playing, that we've controlled the game, we've created chances, we've just not taken them. And I think that's the thing for a lot of supporters. I think we just would like to see it a bit more comfortable. And uh, possibly, you know, 1-0 just maybe Disney cover exactly how well we are playing at times. Do you, do you know what it feels like? It feels like there's that much confidence in the team that we only we know we only need to score one goal. So whether that goal comes in the 10th minute, 45th or 70th minute, no, at no stage throughout the game does the, does the team feel rattled or running out of patience, running out of time. And we seem to get that 1-0 lead and think, right, OK, well, if the second goal doesn't come, it doesn't matter. I know, I know we're sitting at home on the sofa thinking, so just score right <laughs> but I, I you know you you don't see the anxiety running through the team and it's it's you know it's fantastic because the confidence just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds from there uh, and it all stems from the back because they know that right we've got a clean sheet and we, we know they're not going to score against us when I say it builds from the back we will we always defend from the front so collectively yeah. we just have that ability yeah, look, I think the big thing recently, because of how well we've defended, there is a, I don't think it's an arrogance, but I think it's just a great belief that we can see out games. I know the Hamilton game, obviously, was the last kick of the ball, but in the end, Hamilton probably deserves something from that particular match. But in many of the other games, when you do get that lead, there is a certain degree of confidence that you can see it out. But clearly, I'm pretty sure I speak for everybody, but I would much rather that it was three or four nothing and you're in it the last 10 minutes and you weren't sitting there sometimes a bit of a nervous wreck because but I think that yet again just comes back to what's happened in the last 10 years and that we've been sort of starved of success and that we just want to get over the line now because it feels as though if we can get this first title it will not be as bad the next time around because the players will have experienced what it was like to get over the line and I think for everybody that's crucial because most of the Rangers teams that have won in the past have been only won two or three or four titles with a very similar group of players. And obviously, we're going to talk about this next in terms of come the summer, who is possible to lose that's not going to hurt the team too much? I know, obviously, Cammy did a post on Twitter asking about possibly Glenn Kamara, Borna Barisic, Alfredo Morelos, etc. Tavernier. Who are the players that we almost could afford to lose, but we'll still be fine next season, even if we don't spend that much money. I'll come to you first, Cammy. Aye, thanks for that one. Um, <laughs> to be honest, it might be controversial, but Camera for me, in Europe, I think that is his game. I think European football is where we see the best Glenn Camara. I don't think he is a nailed-on starter in every Scottish League match. And I think, to be honest with you, I think he's he's one of the players that if we were to lose somebody, I'm not saying I would be I, I would be disappointed, but I would I would rather lose Kamara than Golson. Yeah. Sort of situation, you know. It's I, I would keep Morelos for me. I think as much as he's not had a a a goal scoring season like before, I think we struggle when he's not in the side. Even when he's not firing, sort of thing, you know. So for me, Kamara, Aribo, two seasons in his 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 four year contract, you could sell him now and probably double your cash. Yeah. Sort of situation, you know. So 
you know, I think they're probably, Aribo's probably a name that somebody's not thought about. Hollander. Hollander, potentially, you know, you, you know, it's... But for me, Tav, Golson, they're two players I want extended contracts no matter no matter what, you know, because they are, they, they two, Griggs, they Davis, they're the, the leaders in, in our side. Yeah, look, I mean, it's clearly not an easy question to answer because we really don't want to lose anybody. But obviously we understand that given the current situation with no supporters inside the ground, the club's obviously losing money, you know, and I think it's accepted now that one, possibly two players will, will go in the summer. And I agree with, you know, Scott to an extent that when the summer comes around and obviously Glenn Kamara's going to be away with Finland, his performances at that competition might just be too much for Rangers to try and keep a hold of him. And I possibly wonder if that's maybe one of the thoughts to the player as well, that there's more leverage then for the player come the summer to move because he's only got a couple of years left in his contract, whereas he signs a new contract now, Rangers have got him under contract longer and then it's maybe not so easy to then move him on because you've made the effort to get him on a new longer contract. But I'll come to you first as well, Wolf. Would it be a disaster to lose Alfredo, knowing that we've now got Ruth and Itten, or would we still need to get into the transfer market to sign somebody else if we lost Alfredo? I think, I think if we lost Alfredo, which I still think we probably will, we'd need, we'd need to go in and sign, uh, sign another striker because I don't think I don't think we'll get much out of Jermaine Defoe next season. Right. Uh, just because of his age and his injuries. I mean, I still, I'd still like Defoe about the place as a coach or a mentor or whatever. I'd still like him to be there. Um, but I don't I don't think we'll get a lot of games out of him, to be, to, to be fair. And with the way teams play against us, our strikers are going to get injured because that's what happens. They get injured. There's going to be suspensions along the way because that's just, that's just what happens when you play for Rangers. And only having the, the two main strikers, we would need we would need a third. But I mean, going back to what you were just talking about there about the about the players, you know, who would go and get them on extended contracts? I think there's probably an argument. I know that I think uh, Golson and Tavernier are coming into the last year of a contract in the summer, and Davis is out. Davis McGregor are out of contract. Um, I think I think there's a there's an argument to obviously give Davis and McGregor another year if they want it, and the other two put them on extended contracts and just say look, yeah. sign an extension, give the Champions League a crack, it'll not do you any harm, and then if you you want to go at thirty thirty one, you know, a year into an extended three year contract, we won't be we won't be difficult to deal with as long as we get a fair price for you. And that, that, that safeguards everybody. It safeguards them if they want to stay. It safeguards us if means we get a decent price for them. Yeah. And if they can, if we can get, if we can win this league and get into the Champions League, and these players can put in a decent, a decent showing in the Champions League against, you know, really, really good opposition, it's got to be a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's always the tough thing, isn't it? How much is enough? So Scott yeah. Kennedy, we know you love giving us a good answer. Well, how much is enough for Glenn Kamara? Uh, I don't think it's it's a. How much is he worth? Right, I always think a player is worth. You want you want to uh, get a decent amount of cash in, and then be able to <coughs> bank some of the cash and spend some on a replacement. Yeah. Um, long way round, looking at the squad and applying that to everyone. 
Uh, I think you can do that for near enough everyone. I don't. I don't. I think the pleasing thing for Tavernier is we, I think we've got a ready-made replacement in uh, Patterson. Uh, Kamara, I don't think we'll see the likes of his ability not for a long, long, long time. There, there. You know, you can spend uh, four million quid on a midfielder, find someone from the continent, find someone from the lower leagues of England. They will not be as good as Glenn Kamara. We we literally have found a gem. So in terms of how much, uh, there there isn't a number. I mean, the, what I would do is playing, I don't know, play devil's advocate here a bit. Get, try and get him on a new contract. Say to him, look, we'll stick a release clause of thirty million quid. We value we have we value at eighteen million quid. We stick a release clause of thirty million quid. Immediately, you've got that number that shines like a beacon. Yeah. It's it's something that I don't know. It, it it just seems to be a club like Manchester United. I'm not going to say Man United are going to be in for him or anything like that, but clubs just see it and it as like a beacon and it attracts them. Oh, it's a thirty million pound player. <laughs> Let's go for it. Let's go for it. And if he if he has a really good um, Euros, which I've no doubt he will because he's pretty much shone in every single other game he's played for Finland and every single one I've, I've seen him play for. Then, uh, yeah, we can get a decent wedge for him. But almost a bit like Davis, I don't, I don't think we're going to actually see players that can come in and take their role in the team because we've got a very unique situation at the moment at Rangers where every single player brings something different to the team. Yeah. And that creates... A, a fantastic balance and harmony harmony throughout the first team squad um, and yeah we've, we've really got to keep this group of players together for as long as possible and really appreciate them while we've got them because it'll be a long long time before you know we get this situation again Yeah I mean just quickly coming back to you Cami so you're looking at somebody like Joe Aribo and Glenn Kamara that you're talking about earlier Given like the new rules, it's going to come in because of Brexit and homegrown players. How difficult it looks as though it could be to bring in players from the continent. It's having guys like Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo good for us if an English club comes calling because we can maybe ask that little bit more because they'll be going to their homegrown quota. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Your your Man Cities and your your Chelsea's and and sides like that. I mean, Scott's bang on. Listen, I think. Kamara's a fantastic footballer. Aribo's a fantastic footballer. Kamara on an extended, an improved extended contract, I think, is hugely important. Mm. Uh, he's still got another couple of years to go. He's still young, sort of, sort of situation, you know. So I think you want to try and keep the group together for as long as possible. But I think both those players, I, I think uh, English English clubs, uh, I and mean, I think Kamara is made for the the continent and in my opinion that's where he would be best he'd be best suited when he does uh, he does move on Aribo you could see him playing for a Man City or or somebody like that because he's he's got all the all the technique of the, of the day you know he's you know they talk about boys like Foden and what have you you know I mean uh, Aribo's close controls second to none yeah well I've just come to you for the kind of last part of this when you look at, say, somebody like Borna Barisic and you see what the club paid for him, kind of reported to be one, one and a half million pounds, given his age and he's probably now looking at maybe one last big payday, is this possibly the summer where you cash in on a left back or is it a concern that maybe we don't have somebody 
able to come in and replace him straight away? Well, as I, as I said um, previously, Willie, I think the situation we're in, I mean, in, I mean Barisic is he's not that old in, in, in modern football in terms. Mm. So, you know, it, I don't think it would be too difficult to try if we can if we don't have to sell, mm. you know, to balance the books, to see every single one of them, look, have a crack at the Champions League mm. and then see where, see where it takes you. I mean, you listen to the manager and he's, he said he says all the time. He says, "Look, when I come in here, I said, how long am I getting? Because it's going to take me at least six windows. It's going to take me three years to get together what I need to get together, and that's exactly what he's done. And having achieved what he wanted to achieve, I can't see any way he'd want to break that up straight away. Mm. You know, I mean, I still think he's a year he's a year ahead of where he thought he would be. Yeah, you know, being this being this being this far ahead." Uh, I expect him to be challenging for titles. And obviously, we always all want him to win the title. But to be unbeaten, 100% record at home, with a ridiculous defensive record, what, 22 clean sheets in 29 games? Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, that's... Why would you want to break that squad up if you, if you don't have to, if you can keep it together? I mean, obviously, if somebody comes in with ridiculous money for any of the players, we'd be stupid not to take it. Of course, we would. I mean, we've been told that that's the model going forward is we're going to have to sell big players. But again, the players, as good as good as they are for us, right? Very few, if any, are going to go to top four English clubs. Yeah. So they're not going to get Champions League football if they move on. So is it really going to happen to stay for six months or, or twelve months? Another twelve months at Rangers and well, have a go at the Champions League. That, you know, that's because, a really good point. You know, that's that's the holy grail for for footballers. They want to win stuff. Jermaine Defoe's coming just to win something. Yeah. All being well, he's going, to, he's going to win himself his first league title, yeah. right? which is absolutely fantastic for Jermaine Defoe, the footballer. Right? And guys like, like Goldson and Savanier and Barisic, they want to play in the Champions League. They won't get that if they move somewhere else because they're not, they're not going to go to Manchester United, Manchester City and, and play regularly in the team. Yeah. So that's got to be a great bargaining chip for us. Unless somebody comes in with ridiculous money, but it, but it also you you make you make the point of okay at the moment top four teams may not come in for them, but having seen a, a Champions League campaign and who knows what what the actual limit on this Rangers team is, um, I suppose we'll find out in the next few weeks. But let's say we qualify for the Champions League, there's nothing to say that this group group of players cannot get us out of the group. If they get us out of the group, then all of a sudden. That opens the door to the top four. That 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 really make make no mistake. That opens the door to the top four because all of a sudden you're thinking, hang on, Rangers were down in the dumps uh, a couple of years ago. They've got this group of players that is taking them to the latter stage of the Champions League. But there's value in this team. There's value. These these players are undervalued because they play in Scotland. You'll get people, big teams sniffing around. Make no mistake. So that is the that is the challenge for them. You get him to sign a new contract. Kamara is a perfect example. He has a wonderful Euros. He has a crack at the Champions League. May fall flat in his face. Or, sorry, the team may fall flat in his face. But his value isn't going to diminish after a good Euros. So then you've got the January. Perhaps he's off ski then. Or perhaps he waits to the following summer. His value isn't going to depreciate that much in that short period of time. So from a Rangers perspective, it's a no-lose situation to actually and it's it's probably a paramount it's important paramount importance to get these guys signed on a on a contract yeah. to actually get them tied so they retain 
their value to us. Yeah. No, I think this is a great debate, and it's certainly something we'll come back to again. I think it could well be that the manager would like the players to stay, and if we make it into the Champions League, that money that you get for the Champions League might be enough to keep that squad together. Whereas if you get knocked out in the qualifying phases, you've still got the time to look at somebody that you could sell to bring in, obviously, the deficit that the club would maybe require next season. But we'll definitely come back to this debate. We could, we could alternatively win the Europa League and go straight into the Champions League. So. <laughs> Hang on. What? Yeah, right. That's, 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 yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this now. I've already put my hotel in Gdansk. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying we're going to get there, right? Because of travel restrictions. But we're definitely going to get to the final. The team is. I thought you were going to on there, Scott. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, this is a really, really good point. If we qualify, if we win the Europa League, we qualify, direct, qualify directly into the Champions League. What happens to our Champions League place? I've never really looked that far into it because obviously we've not been in it for quite a while, so I've never really looked that far into it. But I'll get Martin to do that on his time off so he can actually do something rather than just sit behind the podcast all the time. Yeah, exactly. Um, shout, shout at us. <laughs> Right, Cammy, I'll come to you first. Um, who's the player that Rangers would miss most come the summer if we had to sell him? Alfredo would right. be my would be my big miss. Wolf, what about yourself? Griggsy. Whoa. If he decided to chuck it. Right. Scott Kennedy, what about you? Oh, I, I need a second. <laughs> I was gonna go I was gonna go with Alfredo because I think the team would miss him. Yeah. But if Greasy left, then Hang on, is it left or sold? Because Griggs ain't going to get sold, is he? No, but he, but he could potentially leave under freedom of contract, potentially. Right, but... so so the the question is leave. Uh, yeah, it'll be Griggs because the last thing I want is a bar-cassing goal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I think that gives everybody the fear, to be honest. I think that's a really good time to move on. Um, OK, we're going to have a look at Antwerp um, and the build-up to the game. So I'll be doing a wee bit of investigatory work. Not very much, to be fair, but I mean, it's enough to probably get us through. They're currently sitting second in the Belgian league. Uh, 14 wins, five draws and eight defeats. They're quite a bit behind Bruges, who I think are like 13 points clear at the top of the table. Anybody who obviously watches the Europa League might have seen Antwerp finishing second in Group J behind Spurs. Uh, And they actually beat Spurs in the group stages. They won four of their six games, which... I think it was possibly a bit of a surprise to some people. Um, I managed to kind of catch one or two of their highlights on YouTube because I do like to try and do that before we, we play them just to get an idea of who are the big players. And sorry if I absolutely annihilate this guy's name, but this is as good as it gets. I think it's Lior Refailov. He's an Israeli international. Kind of plays as a number 10 almost, it looks like. Um, he seems to be the star attraction from what I can see. Very good technically, can score goals, can create goals. Seems to be a mainstay in that start in the loving. Their main two strikers are M. Bocani, who I think looks as though he could be struggling for the first leg with injury. I think he's got eight goals this season. And then Lam Kel Zay, who I believe was the guy that decided that he wanted out in January. So he purchased himself an Anderlecht shirt and tried to roll up to training to get a transfer. Um, I'm not so sure that would be a great idea if you were a Rangers player to roll up with an Aberdeen or a Celtic shirt to training so any Rangers players listening probably know a good idea to do that guys uh, it looks as though he is suspended for the first leg so 
I was kind of trying to look at who they might play up front. There's a couple of options, but those two guys do seem to be the main attackers that they have. The last five home games in Europe's a bit up and down, three wins and two defeats. So they're obviously, you know, at home they're not as good as some of the opposition that we've played in the past. I mean, standard Liège when we played them hadn't lost for quite a period of time. So you would say that it's maybe not the same, you know, kind of fear factor of going there. But clearly they're a good team sitting second in the Belgian league, which is of a good standard. I know we've obviously managed to beat standard Liège home and away, but clearly, you know, this team are to be taken seriously. I think when I marked it down, their three wins in their home European games were Ludogorets, Spurs and Victoria Pilsen. So not exactly bad opposition, to be honest, to be beaten. But I think they also lost to Lask Linz from Austria. So they can obviously be quite impressive, but obviously maybe not so good as well. Coming to you first, Cami, what kind of game do you see it being? I think tactically, I think we'll put it, well, the way we played against Liège earlier in the earlier in the season. I think we'll probably we'll, we'll set up very very similar. I think the middle of the park he'll probably revert back to uh, Jack Davis and Kamara. Go go uh, very solid. Alfredo back uh, up front because I think he'll be important to keep the to try and keep possession. Uh, Any time uh, I think we're we're going to probably not have the bulk of the bulk of the players the as the away side, you know. I mean, to be honest, give me nil nil now and bring them back to bring them back to Ibrox. I'd be I'd be quite happy with that. I think it's uh, and I think our defensive record as a as a as a side even in, in Europe this season by and large has been has been decent. So I think it'll be a, a tight game though. Well, what about yourself, mate? How do you see the game kind of panning out? Are we are we going to go and look to counter attack, or do you think that we just go and try and get that away goal? I think we'll, I think we'll just go and we'll sit in and we'll, and we'll try and catch them on the break. You know, let them see what they've got. Because their defensive record is really good, and I agree with Cammy. We'll, we'll, I think we will go with the with the combined three in the middle of the park. Yeah. Uh, Davis, Jack, Kamara. I mean, that seems to be the preferred, you know, U- European um, midfield if it's if it's all available. Um, I don't I don't know an awful lot about Antwerp. I mean, did, I think did they did they play standard? I think they played standard last night and drew one one. I think. Yeah, they drew one one at the weekend. Yeah. We got, got a goal chopped off and stopped this thing. I believe so. Um, maybe. Yeah, I think that did crop up on the notifications, but then the goal disappeared. I take it it was a VAR decision that cancelled the goal out. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I mean, I had a, a quick look at the, the league table yesterday, um, and I think that, as you say, they're about fourteen points behind Bruges at the top. Yeah. But they're only about ten points off a second bottom, so it's yeah. quite it's quite a tight league below them. So I don't know how I don't know how their qualification going forward looks. You know whether whether it's like Scotland and the. The top one gets a Champions League qualifying place, and then the second one, I don't know what they get. So, they're looking at it, they've got no chance of winning the title. So, they're, they're going to want to finish second, but I don't know how difficult that's going to be for them. So, they might they might decide that the league's more important than Europe, or they might decide to have a crack at Europe because the league's gone. Yeah. I don't know how they'll address it, but I do I do expect them to come and have a go and try and get a lead to take to Glasgow. Yeah. I mean, I had a bit of a look. I think Belgium are sitting ninth, if I'm correct, 
in the standings. So I don't know if that means that the top automatically goes straight into the Champions League and then the second goes. It, it will do. Yeah. If, so if they're linked up, it will do. Obviously, straight in. Yeah. So I think at the moment it would obviously be a big result if Rangers could obviously knock them out because it obviously helps us move up the coefficient again. I mean, I guess coming to you next, Scott Kennedy, given what we've done under Steven Gerrard in Europe, and I know a lot of supporters obviously see Royal Antwerp, maybe not the biggest of names in Europe. Is this maybe a game that some supporters just think that we're going to go there and beat them over the two legs? I don't think any supporters at that stage are there just yet. I think, yes, there's an expectation that... Uh, we hopefully will get through, but I don't think anyone's taking it for granted. Um, looking at Royal Antwerp, they are a dangerous side. They're a very, very effective side. They're not a possession-based side. So I, I, I still believe this this game, this tie, is about what we do. Yeah. Uh, very similar to pretty much every European game, probably bar Benfica that we've, we've played this season. It's about what we do. Uh, and if we give them too much respect I think they'll be quite punchy quite physical and aggressive and direct in their play I don't think they're really interested kind of goes against the grain with Belgian football Belgium and Dutch football they love to have the ball play the ball pass the ball uh, work the ball around I don't think Antwerp do that and that's probably attributable to some of the the success that they've had because their opposition probably aren't used to playing you know, like when Burnley came up in the Premier League and they, they absolutely stormed it because they were quite aggressive, but then teams worked out how to play against them. I would probably put them in more in that bracket, but that that's no disrespect because I do think they're dangerous and very effective at what they do. But again, it's down to us about what we do. And a lot of times in Europe this season, we've been really, really slow out the blocks. You know, citing... I'm not going to include Benfica because they're just class, but... Poznan at Ibrox came and I think everyone was a bit shocked, like oh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and it was it was like we hadn't, hadn't even had the ball. Um, Standard Liège, again, very similar. So, yeah, I'm confident, and I think the majority of Rangers fans will be very confident. I don't think anyone's taking it for granted. As a long answer to you, very short question. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you look at Obviously, we're European away performances so far this season in particular. And you're obviously talking earlier on about the midfield free being combative. Is it just that simple that in most away games that we do pick that free? Or is it possible the manager might look to change it up and maybe put Scott Arfield in there? Or do you think that's not going to happen, Wolf? I don't think that'll happen. I think if that was going to happen, it would happen in the home leg. Yeah. I think he's... You know that that's that's going to be the that's going to be the midfield three barring any injuries that we don't know about. Um, I, I would expect, um, but for me, what what's what's critical for the way we play is is the game management, is the game waiters on. You know, I mean, we've been we've been slack a couple of times earlier in the season in Europe, losing losing you know losing losing late goals, and it snuck back in again a couple of weeks ago at Hamilton as well. You know, I mean. Whatever, whatever the way the results looking with five or ten minutes ago, we really just have to look after the ball and make sure that that they they don't get a chance. Because I'm a great believer that every club will always get a chance in the last five or ten minutes. We just need to make sure they don't get that chance, particularly if the result is favourable towards us. You know, it just it just worries me that the game management hasn't been hasn't been the best. Whether that's because they take their eye off it, thinking the job's done or not, I don't really know. 
No, I think that's fair, mate. I think when you lose the goal like we did against Hamilton, we obviously lost some late goals to Benfica as well. I think it's a fair point to bring it up. And, you know, it is something I'm sure the manager's looking at. Looking at the front three, Cammy, is it simple enough to say that Ryan Kent and Alfredo start? So that's like your left-hand side and your main striker. And it's just whoever starts on that right-hand side, really. I think uh, Hadji or, or Arevo probably uh, yeah. for me will start. Uh, I think because either of them can can be an additional man in the in the middle of the park, uh, a bit more uh, comfortable sort of thing. If you're if you're if you're up against it, and I just I think you're going on what he's done previously. Yeah. You know, I mean, Roof when we played uh, Liège, he had he had came off the bench to score he, to score his goal. You know, I think Hadji started that night. You know, I think I would expect Hadji or Aribo as the as the right sided uh, the front three. Right, okay, Scott Kennedy, what about yourself? Do you foresee any changes to that, or is that the kind of middle to front that you expect for Thursday night? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, I think if Roof had probably a bit more minutes in his legs, he'd be in contention. But because he got suspended, we've not been able to give him that. I think that's actually one of the big sources of frustration as well, not necessarily for league, but for Europe. Uh, I think it'll probably be a rebuy of a Hadji because Hadji can be sometimes a little bit untidy with the ball and, and just lose the ball or give the ball away. Uh, and I think possession will be the name of the game on Thursday. So someone like a rebuy, you know, what's his nickname? Feetabix or something. Someone <laughs> to keep the ball, retain the ball, along with, you know, Kamara, Jack and Davis. Um, you know, those those four players could easily turn into like a central four as well and retain the ball in that area. And obviously you've got Morelos who just does what he does. He's just a buffalo. He just knocks people over and scores goals. And then Kent, he's just works his, works his absolute socks off and he is very unlucky. He hasn't had the rewards this season that his uh, endeavours deserve. Uh, I think the team pretty much picks itself barring centre-backs. Or centre back, yeah. I think I think that's the that's the only question mark really for me. Yeah, well, I think that's fair. I think I mean that was going to be my next question to Cami. That is it, you up there. Whoa, I like it. <laughs> um, is it just because of Europe that we play Highlander, or is it an argument that you know because Balogun played the last game that he plays on Thursday night again? It's one of those positions. I just don't think you can guess for, for oh. game to, for game to game. You know, I mean, it's. I think the manager's been very clear in saying that the two players need managed. You know, I think uh, obviously Hollanders had his injuries. He's he had uh, COVID earlier in the in the season. Balag, you know, so I, I think he's obviously there's maybe a choice if it's a, an attacker with a bit of pace that you're coming up against. That might that might. It depends what their attackers uh, play like, you know. I, I, as I say, I don't know a great deal about Antwerp. You've obviously done your your scouting, but I'm I'm no. I, it'll be a flip of the coin. I couldn't I couldn't say either way who's going to start. Wolf, is it one of those ones where the manager looks at Thursday, Andy looks at Sunday, and sees maybe which defender suits Dundee United better, and then it's obviously the other one plays in Thursday night. Is it just that simple, or is there more to it from the manager's point of view? No, I think there's more. To, I think there's more to it. I think you'll you'll not even be looking at who's going to be playing on Sunday, uh, as as Cammy says, depending on what sort of what sort of main striker we're going to be up against. Mm. 
whether if it's a, if it's a speed merchant or if it's a guy that's not a speed merchant, if it's a more physical type of guy, that that'll probably dictate who comes in. But I'm I'm comfortable with either of the two of them play. Right. No, I mean I feel the same way. I think you know the two of them have did well next to Goldson. And I think the biggest part of the whole thing is that Goldson's there. As long as Goldson's there, there seems to be a certain degree of we'll be okay because Connor's had such a good season. Right, just to round it up, the best part of the pod every time we get to ask it, Wolf, how many goals are we going to score? On Thursday? Yes. Two. Ooh. Right, Cammy, what do you think the final score will be? Because you can say that the opposition will score because Wolf will never admit it. Actually... Fancy us for a sneaky 1-0 away win. Oh, I like it. Right, Scott Kennedy, what about you? Uh, 3-0 Rangers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a hell of a performance if we won 3 nothing on Thursday night. Yeah, I just want to say that I think you guys are all being totally honest when it comes to the team. It's easy to think too far ahead. Obviously, we want to win the league, but Thursday night's still an important game for us. We want to progress. We want to get past Antwerp financially for the club. It's obviously beneficial. And I think we've got a great chance of getting something Thursday night. I think getting the away goal would be huge. Because I always feel as though at Ibrox, we will get goals at Ibrox, but just always feel that away goal is crucial. It just gives us that little edge, you know, going into that second leg. And I'm... Confident that we can get by Antwerp, but I do believe, just like the rest of you guys, that it will be a tough game and that you know we will have to be at our best to get through. Right, just to finish up, just want to thank everybody for coming on the pod tonight, guys. Thanks very much. You can obviously catch some of the pod on YouTube, the rest of it you can obviously download on ACAS, Spotify, and all these other great places that you can download it. Thanks again for watching the Rangers Rabble and we hope to see you all again soon. Thanks very much. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.